This is WRXR, Rossville, Chattanooga. Athens, right. Knoxville, Green. Tuscaloosa, 46. Lexington, <laughs> Baton Rouge, Shanesville, and the list goes on. Football legends are made in the SEC, and it all begins with strength, perseverance, and determination in towns all across the South. And we're here to talk about them all. College Football Radio. Presented by Medicare Misty. Begins now. SEC at its best. A production of Whitfield Media Group. And now, your hosts, Chris Goforth and legendary Georgia Bulldog tight end and former NFL pro football player, Randy McMichael. This is where SEC football game day starts. This is College Football Radio. Presented by Medicare on Rock 105. It's College Football Radio brought to you by Medicare Misty. Chris Goforth alongside Randy McMichael. We do this every Saturday. We uh, spend an hour talking college football, uh, in particular the SEC. We'll get into it with a look back at the SEC from last week. Blake Topmeyer from the Knoxville News Sentinel is going to join us. We'll talk Tennessee and LSU. That's a big one today coming up at noon. Bill Bender from the Sporting News joins us uh, closer towards the bottom of the hour. We will visit with Bill. Uh, we'll, we'll get his thoughts on uh, some big picture stuff around college football. And then Randy and I will wrap things up with another look at today's action as uh, we'll go around the SEC to finish things up today. Randy, let's uh, let's get into it as we always do. Let's take a look back at last week here for a second. I got to ask, man. 26-22, what is going on with your dogs? They were awful last week on third downs, Randy. They still, though, get a load of these numbers now. Georgia put up 481 yards of total offense to Missouri's mm-hmm. 290. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia wins only by four, 26-22. There was a Stetson-Bennett fumble. Uh, Milton had a fumble in this game. Turnovers were costly. I could get... You know, well, the Kent State running a couple of trick plays and, and having some success. Okay, fine. I thought Georgia looked a little un- uninspired last week. I think that was what was so surprising for me going into this Missouri game. And it's a shame. It is. Uh, you know the atmosphere is going to be ruckus. And the thing about it is, Chris, you remember we were, we were at SEC Media Days, and when, when Kirby got up, he said, we will, will not be the hunted. We will be the hunter. Well, they're, they're being the hunted right now. And teams are coming to hunt George because of the national champions and all those different things. I just thought, you know, you look at the game. I mean, Missouri outplayed them for three quarters. And then, obviously, the biggest thing that Georgia did was hold them to field goals. The biggest play of the game was by uh, young Malachi, who was able to tackle the running back at the one-yard line. They can't, uh, all sides have to kick a field goal right there. Then Georgia out, outscores them 14-3 to three, uh, in the fourth quarter. I just thought, you know, they just – not necessarily to say sharp. I thought Missouri just got after Georgia's offensive line with stunts, run blitzes. I mean, I think it had nine tackles for a loss. I mean, Stetson never looked comfortable missing throws. But my thing is this, and everybody was like, well, they're young. Yeah, they are young. But a lot of the guys that are making mistakes are not young guys. And that was the most frustrating thing about it. Never thought we were going to lose to Missouri. But at the same time, you are like, okay, what is going on? And as we'll talk later on today, they got Auburn, 30-point dog. I mean, I'm going to learn a lot about them today. And not saying if they don't beat um, Auburn by 30 today, it's how they look. Because they just didn't right. look like the number one team in America last year. No, they didn't. And now they're not the number one team. In America, uh, Alabama uh, knocked off Arkansas 49 26. Big story coming out of that game. 
that game was maybe kind of closer than what that final score indicates. Alabama kind of poured it on late in that one. Uh, but the injury to Bryce Young, and, and he left that game. Randy, I think that's a huge situation for Alabama and one to monitor. Remember, Tennessee and Alabama, it's not going to be the third Saturday uh, in October. Uh, yes, it will. Next week will be the third Saturday in October. I forgot that last Saturday was October 1st. So, yeah, yeah man. the third Saturday in October, Tennessee and and Alabama meet up. And, and look, I, I think Alabama's talented enough to be able to beat Tennessee maybe without him. But I think certainly – uh, it gives you much more of a puncher's chance going into this game if you know you don't have to face the the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, and he's not playing like himself either. I mean, he's throwing an interception every game. I mean, that's not Bryce Young, we know, but Mill came in, did an admirable job running the offense. I mean, running. I mean, he was not too good throwing the football. But Jamar Gibbs, I mean, he was just so special, Chris. I mean, two back-to-back 70-some-yard runs for touchdowns. Bill Rose got out of um, some trouble and, and everything. And, and I think Arkansas was able, when they won the third quarter, outscoring Alabama 16-0, that you had a game right there. But what happened was Alabama hit big play after big play after big play, and they were all touchdowns. And, you know, uh, Jefferson and those boys, they, weren't, they were unable to come back and bounce back from that. And I just, you know, I, I don't know what's the status today of um, – of Bryce Young, I, if I, I would be surprised if he didn't play. But I'm like, yeah, I think they can beat a and without him. But it won't be as lopsided as it would be if he was there. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, by the way, has come out with his own line of clothing. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did not. Uh, yeah, Gibbs Gone is what it oh, says okay. on it. And it's a little kind of a little character of him running with a football. It's got the Alabama A down at the bottom of it. It says Gibbs Gone. And, uh, and you can buy that now. Good for him. He's a local kid. Uh, he's going to end up making about a million dollars this year uh, in uh, name, image, and likeness by the time he's done, Randy. So good for, good, you, good for him, good, man. Good that good paper, for him. man. Good that paper. Uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky last week. Uh, Ole Miss beats Kentucky. Uh, Ole Miss, second best team in the West right now. We talk about the injury to Bryce Young. Uh, how about the situation with Will Levis? Yeah, that uh, finger was ugly. Mm-hmm. It was ugly, Chris, but he battled back and battled through it and everything. It had a costly turnover at the end. But, I mean, I, th- I look at this. I, th- I don't never want to take away credit from Ole Miss because they, they they won the game. I just thought – I still think Kentucky is a better team than them. I do. But, I mean, they did they did it on the field, which is what only is the only thing that matters right now. And yet, I mean, you look at, you know, they still want to run the football, and you're talking about Ole Miss. I thought Chris Rodriguez for his first game back was okay. He got to get himself up under him. But I just think that, you know, the, the special teams and everything like that is what really, really hurt uh, Kentucky. Obviously, you need it more and more from your team, your quarterback. You know what? He had a broken finger, but he went out there and gutted, those, that, gutted that thing out. Yeah, and there's a chance now. There's a chance that, uh, that Will Levis doesn't play today. There is a – uh, according to Mark Stoops, there there is a chance that he does not play uh, against South Carolina tonight, and that's something that has been they don't need you know, was they don't picked need up. No, probably not. But you know, going long term, I think they uh, I think they do need him. I think here here's the problem with that though. If you take him out, uh, they're going to run the ball a lot more this week than what they have in the past. Uh, getting Chris Rodriguez back. But I just think you cannot – the guy that's going to take his place was recruited there by Eddie Grand when Eddie Grand was the offensive coordinator and he was looking for more of a uh, more of a run uh, running-type quarterback. Uh, this kid, 
uh, Kaya Sharan is his name, and he probably compares a little more to Terry Wilson maybe than he does a guy like Will Levis. So if Was that good? Because Terry Wilson couldn't throw the ball yeah, to save his life. Well, that's, that's – and, 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 you know, the funny part about that is, Randy, you, you go back and, and you talk about Terry Wilson not being able to throw the ball – he didn't have great receivers there either. I mean, you whatever, know, Chris. Bolden. Terry Wilson could not throw the football. I'm not disagreeing with you, Randy. Oh, I thought you were trying to make it. I'm like, come on. No, Chris. but I'm I'm pointing out my my point is if you'll if you'll hold on for a minute here with your aggressiveness <laughs> this morning. My point is, you go back to that time they had Lynn Bowden. Remember him? Yes. Lynn, Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden's one of the all-time greats at Kentucky, and he was yes, a guy that could get separation. Yes, and, I'll still and take. I'll, I'll still take. Uh, uh, yeast over him but okay okay yeah no hey craig yeast another guy yes, a yes. G- very good receiver there but outside of those two guys like during that stretch run that kentucky has uh over heck i mean you know even over the last i don't know what 15 years uh this is the most explosive group of wide receivers oh, that no kentucky's doubt. ever had oh no doubt about uh, it. certainly I mean, they, in my lifetime and, and the thing about it is they got what you know well, they got a, a, a NFL quarterback. I mean, you're hearing Will Levis. You're hearing Will Levis might be the first overall pick, depending on who's yeah. uh, picking right there. I right. mean, they're like an over C.J. Stroud and uh, a Bryce Young. So, I mean, the kid has all the measurables and everything. And if he plays today and if he plays through this finger injury, I think it won't be held against him if he does not put up the numbers that you would look at for, for a quarterback who is – touted to be the number one overall pick uh mississippi state beats texas a&m last week a&m's just overrated i, I don't I told know you, I, t- I tried to tell people i was like mississippi state's gonna win this game i mean it was a i mean it was, it was an awful football game and and when you're jimbo you're like what do you do at quarterback because haynes king uh again max johnson's out haynes king ain't no better and so i don't know where to go chris and I mean, I mean, I know we're gonna have Bill Bender on, and Bill knows this, knows the coaching and college football landscape. I know it's a lot of money, but is Jimbo in trouble? They can't be happy. They they can't be. They can't be. This is not what you paid all that. This is not what you're paying all that money every year to have. You're not paying nine and a half million dollars a year for this. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's the thing about it. That's what you you're like. Oh, but at the same time. You know, you have to ask yourself, how do we better ourselves? Who, who are we going to bring in that's an improvement over Jimbo Fisher? I think because they thought he brought Jimbo in because they thought he was an improvement over Kevin Sumlin. And the results look awfully similar. Yeah, kind of similar. Awfully similar. similar. Yes, awfully similar. Uh, LSU beat Auburn last week. Florida over Eastern Washington. Uh, South Carolina hammered South Carolina State last week. All right, Bill Bender of the Sporting News joins us later on in the show. Blake Topmeyer from the Knoxville News Sentinel. He hops on with us next. We'll talk about Tennessee and LSU. We'll get our look around the SEC coming up later on. You stay with us. Chris Goforth, Randy McMichael. Here it's College Football Radio. College Football Radio. SEC at its best. Coming back next on Rock 105. Presented by Medicare Misty. 
Rick Davis Golden Diamonds is your number one stop for buying and selling fine jewelry, antiques, watches, and coins. Are you ready to take the next step with your significant other? Love is in the air, and Rick Davis has you covered for all your wedding and engagement rings. Their annual bridal sale is going on now. They're buying and selling every day at Rick Davis Golden Diamonds, 5301 Brainerd Road in Chattanooga, or online now at rickdavisgoldendiamonds.net. Rick Davis Gold and Diamonds. I'm Sean Woodfield. And I'm Mandy Livingston. Join us every Saturday morning at 8 for your home radio on 98.1 The Lake. Featuring topics and guests all related to your home. A production of the Whitfield Media Group. love southeastern college football if so we've got the show for you it's college football radio on rock 105 presented by medicare misty join chris goforth and legendary georgia bulldog tight end randy mcmichael each saturday morning at 9 a.m on rock 105 they'll get you ready for sec football game day that's college football radio presented by medicare misty check out our website at collegefootballradio.com built by avalon design studio a production from the whitfield media group Got Medicare questions? Call 423-777-5577. I know a girl with sparkling eyes, a superhero in disguise, and we call her Medicare Misty. Those things that keep you up at night, so many choices, which one's right? That's when you call Medicare Misty. That's 423-777-5577. Join Ed Jones Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. for Vital Health Radio, presented by CHI Memorial on 98.1 The Lake. It's a radio show that's all about healthy living. Check out our website, vitalhealthradio.com, a production of the Whitfield Media Group. It's how the SEC starts its Saturday mornings. College Football Radio is back with Chris Goforth and Randy McMichael on Rock 105. Presented by Medicare Misty. Back on College Football Radio, Chris Goforth alongside Randy McMichael. Big day of, co- of college football coming up. We'll take a uh, get a little bit of a national look around college football with our friend bill bender from the sporting news we'll do that in a few minutes but first though I want to welcome in blake topmeyer uh from the knoxville news sentinel you can find blake on twitter at b topmeyer and he's kind enough to spend a few minutes with us here to talk a little bit about tennessee and lsu that's a noon kick today in uh in baton rouge let me ask you blake how big is it for tennessee you got to go on the road to play LSU. How big is it to get this game at noon instead of, say, 7.30 or 8 o'clock tonight? Well, I think it's an advantage for Tennessee for sure. Now, I will say that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe LSU over the last several years actually has a pretty good record uh, uh, in those noon Eastern time home kickoffs. So they really haven't been phased by those early games, but just – um, you know, thinking about this logically, obviously, you know, Tiger Stadium is, is a tough place to play any time of day, but uh, we all know how 
the LSU fans get. The, the later the day goes, the rowdier it seems uh, they are. So <laughs> I do think it, it helps Tennessee to, to get that 11 a.m. Central kick local time there in Baton Rouge. And I know, you know there were probably fans on both sides disappointed that this game was not selected for one of those two CBS slots. But, you know, again, for Tennessee, I think this is probably, um, you know, as, as good of a situation as you could have hoped for in terms of the actual action having it kick off in the morning. Give me your thoughts on Hendon Hooker. Randy and I both uh, really like this guy. love the way he plays the game, and obviously the Tennessee offense has been incredible uh, over the uh, first start or first part of this season. Give me your thoughts on Hendon Hooker, and can he be a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate? Well, I think he can. He, he needs Tennessee to keep winning games, as we know. You know, it is, it's an individual award, but you need to be on a really good team to win it, especially in this day and age. You know, the, the guys that have been winning this award for the past decade plus, you know, they, they come on really good teams. It doesn't necessarily mean Tennessee has to make the playoff, uh, but they have to stay in, in the hunt. Uh, they have to keep piling the wins, and obviously he has to keep playing well. Um, the other thing I'd say about the Heisman is so much of it now, and maybe, maybe always, but especially now, is decided by what happens in those high-profile games and those November games. So while this game, you know, will, will be important to, to Hinton Hooker's resume, I think even more important would be the following week in Knoxville when they're hosting Alabama and reigning Heisman winner Bryce Young. I mean, that's going to be a CBS headline matchup. Uh, you got two of the, the best quarterbacks in the nation going at it. And then later in the season, you know, when, when Tennessee travels to play Georgia, you know, the games like that carry outsized weight when it comes to the, the Heisman conversation. But in, in terms of his performance, you know, a couple things that, that I really like about him and Hooker that stands out. One, he's a good decision maker. You know, Josh Heupel's offense, um, you know, it's up-tempo, obviously, but it, it puts a lot on the quarterback uh, to make reads, you know, they're running a lot of RPOs. You get, they're not standing in the pocket for a long time, holding the ball, holding the ball. Um, it's, it's quick decision-making. It requires smart decision-making, and, and Hinton Hooker's very, very good at that. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Doesn't hang on to the ball long. And I think that's going to help playing LSU. One of their team's strengths is pass rush. Uh, but, again, you know, Hinton Hooker – He's not standing back there like a statue in the pocket. He, he makes quick decisions, and, and he's either unloading it quickly uh, most times, or, or he can also run it. Blake Topmeyer from the Knoxville News Sentinel. You can find him uh, on Twitter, at BTopmeyer, and he's with us here on College Football Radio. Hey, Blake, I know that, you know, when you talk about this this, uh, this Tennessee offense, it's all about the passing and hitting the hooker. Like you said, he's been playing outstanding. But I want to go to you about this run game. Where, and, and you got Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, these type of guys, also hinting hooker when he runs the football. How valuable is the run game to the success, of the, off, uh, the success that the offense is having so far this year? I think it's important. I think it can hit another gear. I don't think that the Tennessee run game is, is functioning maybe as – as high as it can reach. And, and I think Hendon Hooker has been even more important than maybe we expected to, to keep that running game going. You know, I mean, I think, you know, that the loss of Tyon Evans when, when he was healthy last year was probably their best back in the backfield. Uh, he, of course, transferred. I think that still looms. I, I think they miss him. But, uh, you know, Jabari Small and, and Jalen Wright are, are quality back running ability uh, and, 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 and the rate with which he's running this year has been uh, a real X factor for Tennessee, particularly 
in that Florida game. I mean, he was he was carving up the the Gators defense, you know, both through the air and, and with his legs. And I think they need him to do that, uh, particularly as I said, I think they do miss Tyon Evans a little bit in the backfield. What's the latest on Cedric Tillman? You know, Josh Heifel said today he wasn't going to rule him out. He wasn't going to say that he would play either. You know, reading the tea leaves, I guess I would say I'm, I'd be surprised if he plays. Um, you know, he had that ankle injury. He had the, um, you know, that, that ankle surgery uh, that Tua had a few years ago. I think it's, I think it's probably harder for a wide receiver to come back quickly from that type of procedure than, than a quarterback. I mean, a quarterback, you have to be mobile, right? And, and you need to avoid pressure, but you're not running 40-yard sprints down the field, play, play after play, or making quick cuts on a slant or something like that. I think, it, I think it's hard for, for a receiver to have that procedure um, you know, and be back on the field just like 10 days later. So I, I guess using NFL terms, I, I would probably – put him somewhere between questionable and, and doubtful blake we saw we saw butch jones win nine games in in back-to-back years at, at tennessee when you see what josh heupel is doing and and who he's doing it with is this sustainable at tennessee can we have this type of conversation and this type of output from tennessee every year now well, a lot of it depends on his, his recruiting, how he brings in transfers, his development. I think system-wise, scheme-wise, it can work. Um, and it has worked not only for Josh Heupel, but elsewhere. When you look at it, what Tennessee does on offense in terms of scheme and operation is very similar to what Ole Miss does. I mean, basically, Josh Heupel and, and, and Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin, they're pretty much running the same system. And you saw last year, with Ole Miss having Matt Corral to run that system, um, it was one of the more dangerous offenses in college football, particularly when Ole Miss had its full cast of receivers healthy. Uh, they could run it. They could pass it. Their quarterback could run it. They could do everything, um, much like we're seeing with the Tennessee offense. So I think the fact that it's not only succeeding at Tennessee, but, but you've seen it succeed at other places, I do think it's sustainable. Um, but, you know, Hinton Hooker's not going to be around next year, unfortunately, for Tennessee. It's too bad he can't just uh, continue to play in college forever, right? So when he goes, you're going to have to have, um, you know, the next wave, whether that's, uh, you know, their five-star recruit, uh, Nico Iamaleava, um, whether you bring in a transfer, whether it's, you know, Joe Milton coming back. You, you're going to have to find someone at the controls to operate this thing because a quarterback's important in any offense, but I think particularly in this system, you know, it's huge. Not, not only do you have to have someone who can sling it and, and ideally run it a little bit, you have to have a great decision maker, and, and that's what they have uh, in Hinton Hooker. Defensively, Tennessee still leaves a ton to be desired. You know, they're quite frankly weak uh, on defense, particularly in the secondary. And I think if there's a, a lingering concern, um, you know, with Josh Heupel and, and Tennessee, it's, you know, can he elevate the play of the defense? You don't you don't have to be the, the steel curtain uh, on that side of the ball with as well as Tennessee uh, has played offense. And I think we'll, we'll continue to be on offense as long as Josh Heifel's here. Um, but to reach, you know, the highest ceiling and, and to continue the momentum, I think Tennessee has to at least, um, you know, get to the point of, of being average on defense. And, and frankly, we, we haven't seen that, especially when they go up against better competition. Blake Topmeyer, the Knoxville News Sentinel. You can find Blake uh, on Twitter at BTopmeyer. Give him a follow for the uh, for the latest on uh, on Tennessee and uh, all around the SEC. 
Like, I'm still trying to – I'm just confused right now. Because you look at Hitting Hooker, you know, since he's taken over for the starter, and he's, what, 40-2 to two or 40-4 to four touchdown to interception ratio. What the hell went on in the spring and summer camp that Joe Milton ended up being the starter <laughs> last year and this overthrew everybody, and you put this guy in and the offense takes off? It's a great question. And sometimes, you know, when, when fans question coaches – about, like, are they playing the right quarterback? I think the default answer is, like, well, the coach would know, right? Well, sometimes the coach doesn't know. <laughs> and, this, and this was proof of that. And, and we're talking about a coach, Josh Heupel, who knows quarterbacks, right? Like, this is this is forte. I think what what we see in football especially, and, and, and you guys know this, like, translating from practice to a game, you don't know, always know how that's going to look. I think it's different in other sports, like, you know, imagine in, in soccer, if you're a good practice player, basketball, if you're a good practice player, you're probably going to be a good, good, good player in game time. But when it comes to football, you know, the quarterbacks in practice are wearing those non-contact jerseys. The bullets aren't really flying live. They can't, you know, they're, they're in like witness protection. No one can touch them. No one can get near them uh, in practice. It, it is different. And then when you get out there in the games, you know, some guys that look just okay in practice look great. When, when the when, when the bullets are live and and some guys that look great in practice, then they freeze up out there in, in the game. So I think that's maybe the best explanation I can offer is that Joe Milton was a practice guy. He had that big howitzer he had looked good in practice, but game action uh, didn't translate. Whereas him and Hooker, uh, I think some of what he does, you almost need to be getting hit a little bit uh, because he does run it really really well. He is a good decision maker, and I think some of that really shows up. Uh, in, in live play. You know, Tennessee, folks around Tennessee's program always used to say the same thing about Josh Dobbs. They said Josh Dobbs was not not a great practice quarterback. Uh, but when it was game time, uh, you know, when the defense could, could hit you and, and you're not protected by that, that red non-contact jersey or green non-contact jersey, depending on the program, um, he was the guy you wanted out there and, and almost got better um, you know, when the reps were live and the defense could hit you. So that's, that's maybe the best explanation I, I can offer, uh, but, it, but it is puzzling. Blake, you mentioned Tennessee's defense a moment ago. Uh, what's the biggest concern on that side of the ball? I agree with you. I think, I think in order for Tennessee to truly step into that realm of being a contender for the college football playoff, they're going to have to, you're going to have to shore some things up on that side of the ball. Where, where's the biggest weakness on Tennessee defensively? Defensive backfield's terrible. Um, I mean, we've seen that consistently now, and it really dates back to the bowl game last year against Purdue when, uh, when Purdue just, just shredded the pass defense. And, and in that game, Tennessee did not have Alante Taylor, its best cornerback, uh, who, who did not play in the bowl game. Well, now, of course, uh, Alante Taylor has, has moved on to the NFL, and it's continued. And, you know, there's, there's not a lot of guys back in that, that secondary that um, can cover or make plays, frankly. And so you have to get to the quarterback. Tennessee's done an okay job uh, of pressuring the quarterback. But, you know, we've seen it. If quarterback's got time, more times than not, they're going to find an open receiver. And, I mean, the, the toughest part for Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson a couple weeks ago was deciding – which open receiver to throw, throw it to. Right. I mean, there were multiple times uh, where he could have picked any number of targets to throw it to on, on a given play. So I think, you know, the back end of the defense, yeah, that, that's, that's the glaring wart 
um, off of a unit that, that really isn't all that strong in any layer, but the back end is, is definitely the biggest weakness. In your eyes, is Tennessee a contender in the East? They are. They are, and, and I think they are um, the, the only real threat to Georgia in the East at this point. I mean, coming into the season, we could have said Kentucky, right, was in, was in that conversation. Well, you know, as we sit here today – there's only two teams in the East that do not have a conference loss. Now, I know Tennessee's only played one conference game, um, but because of, of Kentucky's loss last week at Ole Miss, I think that changes the outlook. And I know we can point to Tennessee's schedule and say, ah, well, they got, they got Alabama and Georgia on the docket. That's, that's brutal. Sure, it is. They don't have to beat Alabama to win the East. Alabama's important to Tennessee's long-shot playoff hopes. Uh, but in terms of getting to Atlanta – Alabama game is almost irrelevant. Uh, they can lose that game. They take care of business elsewhere and can spring an upset in Athens. They're in Atlanta. I mean, Georgia's the favorite. There, there's, no, there's no question about that, uh, despite what's happened the past couple weeks and, and they don't look so invincible anymore. They're the front runner. But if you're looking for a second-tier team, I think it has to be Tennessee. Um, and I think part of that is when you have an offense that's playing as well as this offense has been, and in particular, when you have a quarterback who's playing as well as Hendon Hooker is, which is to put him in the conversation with the best quarterbacks in the country, uh, that makes you a threat to any team, I think. doesn't mean you're going to beat every team, but it makes you a threat to any team. And so, yes, I think if you're looking for that second-tier team in the East, uh, that if it's not Georgia, if Georgia slips up, who's it going to be? I think it's Tennessee. Blake Topmeyer from the uh, Knoxville News Sentinel with us. Anything new uh, that you guys have heard uh, about Bryce Young and his shoulder situation at Alabama and what that may mean for Alabama here over the next uh, couple of weeks? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I was in Fayetteville uh, last week uh, for that for Alabama-Arkansas game. And, you know, afterward, maybe the most interesting thing that Nick Saban said was, well, he's had this injury before. And Saban's point in saying that was, well, he's bounced back from this before and been fine. But to me, you know, that makes your ears perk up and say, well, wait a second, this isn't the first time this guy suffered a shoulder injury. He's had this before. Um, that, to me, is, is a bit concerning if, if you're Alabama. Now, their backup, Jalen Milrow, I mean, he runs like a gazelle. He's an amazing athlete. Uh, between him and Jameer Gibbs in that game, there was, there was really no reason for Alabama to take to the air the final two and a half quarters. However, we all know Bryce Young's Alabama's magic man. He, he bails him out of jams time and again. He, he did it in Austin, Texas this year. He did it so many times last year. When it's, when it's crunch time and Alabama needs someone to um, you know, put on the cape and get him out of trouble, we've seen Bryce Young do it so many times. Uh, didn't do it in the national championship last year. That was the exception. Every other time he's been called upon to do it, he delivers. And so my question is, if this is more serious than what Nick Saban is letting on, and they need Jalen Milrow for a, a longer stretch of the season, what happens if he gets in a tight game where he's got to lead a long drive, uh, where he's got to complete some, some key passes and march Alabama down the field? Because that's one thing we don't know yet about Milrow. Great runner, great athlete. We don't know if he needs to put it in the air uh, and move the chains in some key, key situations, uh, whether he's, he's the guy to do that. I Bryce Young papers over the cracks um, about as well as any single player in college football. He, he just does. He did it last year for Alabama, 
and we saw him do it in Austin, Texas this year. So I think that's a, a huge storyline for Alabama going forward. I don't think they need Bryce Young to win this week. A&M's offense is so pitiful. Who's playing quarterback is almost irrelevant because the Aggies aren't going to score much. Uh, but the following week against Tennessee, Alabama needs Bryce Young in there, I think. Blake Topmeyer, Knoxville News Sentinel. Blake, appreciate it, man. Great stuff. Appreciate it, Blake. I know we kept you longer than yeah, we absolutely. promised, but uh, I appreciate it, man. We will definitely do this again, Blake. Thank you. Okay, no worries. Thanks. That's uh, Blake Topmeyer from the uh, from the Knoxville News Sentinel. And, uh, Randy, look, I, I think that situation with uh, – to me, that's the biggest story from last week in college football is, is you know, Bryce Young and that shoulder. Yeah, man, because it's one of those things where I, I think they'll beat A&M. You know, they've got too much talent, and I don't know what's going to happen with A&M. As we found out earlier, Max Williams uh, is going to be out today. Uh, but, you know, he's – He's your damn quarterback, Chris. He's the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I've had an AC joint, but Chris, I never had to throw a football with it. So, I mean, it's a painful situation, and you can shoot it up and everything. You're still gonna feel it because of where it, where you where the actual sprain is. So, um, it's a big thing. It's something to monitor. I'll say it like that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, coming back, uh, Bill Bender's gonna join us. Randy and I, we will go around the SEC today. We'll talk about some of those games. Uh, coming up uh, around the uh, around the Southern Conference later on today, of course, Tennessee, LSU. We mentioned uh, Texas A&M, Alabama already. We got Auburn and Georgia today. Deep South's oldest rivalry going at it at uh, 3.30 on CBS. We'll get to all of those before we finish up today. Glad to have you hanging out with us and appreciate uh, Blake Topmeyer from the Knoxville News Sentinel giving us a little bit of time. Make plans to uh, stay with us here. We got a lot more to get to today. We'll take a big picture look at college football with our man Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We do that next. Chris Goforth alongside Randy McMichael coming back on College Football Radio. College Football Radio. SEC at its best. Coming back next on Rock 105. Presented by Medicare Misty. At Texas Roadhouse, they're famous for their hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs, made-from-scratch sides, ice-cold beer, and their irresistible fresh-baked bread. They take great care in everything they prepare, served with big smiles at a great value. Texas Roadhouse is always focused on providing legendary food and legendary service. Download their mobile app, place an order, and pick up curbside. Texas Roadhouse, located at Shallowford Road and I-75. Rock 105, your home for racing talk radio. Every Monday at 6 p.m., join Sean Whitfield and Casey Orr for the latest news in NASCAR. On and off the racetrack. And, well, some other craziness. Dude, what about all these changes ahead in 2022? They'll break it all down and cover it all. Each week, tune into Racing Talk Radio on Rock 105, a production of Whitfield Media Group. At Silverdale Baptist Church, we exist to lead people into an authentic relationship with Christ so they will worship God, grow in their faith, and then serve the Lord. Learn more about us and discover a campus and service time that fits you best at SilverdaleBC.com. It's football time in the SEC. Join Chris Goforth and legendary Georgia tight end Randy McMichael each Saturday morning at 9 on Rock 105. College Football Radio on Rock 105. Presented by Medicare Misty. A production from the Whitfield Media Group.
You should feel secure in your home, even when you're not there. ADS Security can do that for you. ADS provides professional alarm and security system monitoring to ensure your home is well protected against all threats. Professional home security installation, 24-7 expert security monitoring, lifetime satisfaction guarantee, complete home automation, and 100% wireless. Automate your home security system to work for you, all from the touch of your smartphone. Choose ADS Security. Find them online at adssecurity.com. I'm Sean Whitfield. I'm Matt Davis. And I'm Darren Johnson. Join us for a great podcast called Chattanooga Fitness Download. It's a podcast about healthy living, fitness, exercise, and bodybuilding. And some other craziness as well. You can expect many great guests and a lot of fascinating stories. Find Chattanooga Fitness Download at your favorite podcast location. Click the subscribe button for all future podcasts. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. A production of the Whitfield Media Group. how the SEC starts its Saturday mornings. College Football Radio is back with Chris Goforth and Randy McMichael on Rock 105. Presented by Medicare Misty. Back on College Football Radio. Time for us to take a, a big picture look at the world of college football. We welcome in Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, kind enough to uh, join us from time to time throughout the year. And we kind of go around the nation get you caught up on what's happening across uh, across college football bill we have had i believe now i think i'm right about this we've had a coaching change each of the last four weeks do we do we get a fifth one is there another one brewing this week i mean this is I, i'm trying to explain it, to it this way chris that it, it's almost like the coaching cycle begins on september 1st now you know you saw that with scott frost and um paul christ and Herm Edwards and Carl Dorrell. Um, I think part of it is by design that these schools want to get a head start on next year and kind of salvage their recruiting classes. So it's less about the season in question and more about the next season. I mean, the Wisconsin one of the ones that we've had was a little bit of a stunner. And to answer the question, I think we're all waiting on what's going to happen with Brian Harzen. Although if you're, you're telling a guy you're fired, if you don't beat Georgia, that's hardly fair. Right. Right. What about the situation at Missouri with Eli Drinkwitz? Do you think he's in trouble? Maybe. I mean, I, it was a, that Auburn-Missouri game was just one of the weirder things I've watched all year, right? I mean, between the, uh, the way it finished, the fumble, the missed field goal, all the opportunities they had, I think for Missouri there is a, some level of pressure on getting to a bowl game this year. Um, he would probably be next up out of the SEC coaches that would be on the hot seat unless, I mean – Unless you guys want to talk about Jimbo Fisher and what's mm. going on down there in Aggieland. Yeah, we may get to that here in just a minute. It's Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He covers college football. You can find him at sportingnews.com, and he's with us here on College Football Radio. Hey, Bill, you know I always got to ask you about my dogs, and, you know, obviously they've had some yeah. struggles the last couple weeks. Still won the football games, but didn't win like people expect them to, me included. Is it a case of – maybe a hangover or is I know they're not as good as they were last year. I can't believe people were saying that, but is there anything that you see specifically that the dogs aren't doing right now? No, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to put a finger on it because I think you got a really good team. Obviously I, I you know, you look at their numbers and it's not like they're running the ball effectively. Stetson Bennett for the most part has been efficient. Uh, the defense is checked out. It's just, I think part of it, Randy, is they have 15 guys from last year that are on NFL rosters now. And although it's not a – you know, that was a generational team last year. This year, they're still elite. But 
you're going to have hiccups. And when you wear that number one, you're going to get everybody's best shot. So I, I will say this, though. I never at any point last week thought they were going to lose the football game, if that makes sense. Even when they were down 10, I was like, they're, they're going to flip a switch and score a couple times, and, and we're going to have to answer these questions afterwards. Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Uh, he's hanging with us here on College Football Radio. Bill, I'm going to step outside the SEC for a second. Give me your thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma being played today in the Cotton Bowl. It's the Red River Shootout with those two hooking up. First time, I think, in 24 years, neither team is ranked. Uh, what do you see? Uh, how do you see this one shaking out today? Well, you know, I mean, it's crazy. I, I think it's a sign that these two programs are going to have to step up their game when it comes time to uh, play in the SEC. Because this game could get lost in the shuffle fairly easily behind. I mean, when you consider if this were an SEC game today, it'd probably be the third or fourth most important one. Certainly behind Tennessee LSU, certainly behind A&M Alabama. Um, I don't know where Georgia Auburn will be in the future, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, these programs are going to have to step it up for sure. What do you make out of the Pac-12 race right now? Two uh, two teams ranked in the top 20 squaring off today in Utah. They're in L.A. to take on uh, the Bruins of UCLA. Uh, shake out the uh, the Pac-12 for us. It's been good. They've been a, a pleasant surprise. I mean, four, four schools in the league average 40 points per game. They have a big game every week. I think Utah in particular has shaken off that week one loss to Florida. They've covered four straight weeks. They've played really good complimentary football. UCLA pulled a surprise last week by knocking off Washington. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has been fabulous. I do think that is the most important game today in terms of the college football playoff race because Utah, despite that week one loss, if they keep churning and keep winning, they could be that playoff sleeper. They're the one I definitely have my eye on today. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He's with us here on College Football Radio. Hey, Bill, the biggest thing, I know we were talking earlier about coaches and jobs and everything, and I wanted to go down to AM because we all know the, the buyout. But, I mean, they got a lot of oil and a lot of money and a lot of high-end boosters down there at AM. What would be the chances? Because we know they're probably going to lose today. That AM maybe try to move on from, uh, from, uh, from Jimbo. It's a lot of money. And I know you, yeah. all of those things you said are true. They're absolutely true, but, you know, at some point the recruiting has to match the product on the field. They have recruited at an elite level. They had the number one class last year. I think they're down to 18 this year. Um, the offense would be what we're really going to focus on, and I don't know that we're going to get much, you know, with Max Johnson being out and Haynes King. Again, you're like, well, you got to go beat Alabama. And on one end, you're like, that's impossible. And then the other, you're like, that's what you were, that's what you were paid to do. You, you did it last year. You were paid to get this team to the college football playoff at a $9 million a year salary. So um, I don't think he's going anywhere, but, it, it, you know, Texas A&M, as you guys know, historically unpredictable. Is Ole Miss the second-best team right now in the SEC West, Bill? Yes, I, I can say that. Because I, it's funny that they're doing it. The way they're doing it is with very little fanfare. It's uh, running the ball. Quinshot Johnson's been amazing. Zachary Evans has been amazing. Lane Kiffin, for all the trending Twitter he can ha that happens with him sometimes, they they've been amazing uh, running the football. So I think if they can take care of their business, it could be a pretty special night there in Oxford in November when they bring Alabama in. And, and that's the thing with Alabama. I mean, the thing that impresses me about them, they got to go 
through Arkansas. Next week it's Tennessee. Then they got to go to LSU and Ole Miss. They have a lot of tough road games, and I think that team's going to be better for it. The Kansas, Kansas State, obviously that's kind of been the talk of uh, college football here the last couple of weeks with what those two programs have uh, have been able to do. Uh, are, are they for real? Which one do you like the best? <laughs> I mean, I can't believe Kansas TCU is the best game of the week in some ways. Um, going to be a shootout there. I'm very impressed with what Kansas and Lance Leopold has done. 5-0, and averaging 40 a game. Jalen Daniels has been amazing at quarterback, 11 touchdowns, one interception. Um, Kansas State, though, I'll tell you the one thing that makes me happy is Adrian Martinez, for all the uh, you know criticism he's taken over the years, he hasn't thrown a pick. He's ran the ball effectively. Uh, Colin Klein, the offensive coordinator, has been great for him. And I think that's one of the better stories of the year is the way that Adrian Martinez has been able to take advantage of the transfer portal and turn in what has been a remarkable season to this point. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. You can find him at sportingnews.com. Bill with us here on College Football Radio. Bill, when you look at – because obviously there's there's jobs every single year. Who's the hottest coaching candidates out there right now? And we always have this debate, me and Chris, we have this debate. What's a better job? Is it Wisconsin or is it Nebraska? And we, we took a look at that at Sporting News this week. Uh, I think Lance Leopold's probably the hottest candidate based on what he's done in Kansas. And, you know, the catch-22 there is now Wisconsin and Nebraska are probably going to want him. You know, and I think Wisconsin's the better job. It, but – the catch for me is if you take that job, you have to change the way that they play the, the quarterback position. Their best year, they lost two games with Russell Wilson, but that was their best team in my opinion, the, the one that was actually equipped to maybe make a run at a national championship. They've got all the other stuff. They've got great linemen, great running backs, decent defense. Um, and, and I think they the way that they recruit in that part of the country, they're able to get enough talent to uh, – compete and that's what struck me a couple weeks ago they didn't look competitive against ohio state so the recruiting needs to change what do you make out of uh some of these group of five coaches in particular uh jamie chadwell over at uh, over at coastal carolina a guy whose name continues to to pop up from from time to time is there a guy in the group of five that you see could could uh you know either be looking to move or would draw some uh, some power five interest I mean, he's definitely the one. Um, he, he's done a fantastic job at Coastal. Their offense, if you get a chance to really sit and watch them, it's so creative what they do around Grayson McCall and the players that they've been able to produce around him and how fun the offense is to watch. Um, I think they're a very good candidate playing the New Year's Day Six Bowl. And, and Chadwell, like you said, he's been on the radar the last couple cycles, so he may be able to cash this in. If an SEC opening pops up, Let's take Auburn, for example. Let's say it pops up and the A-list candidates like Dion and Urban don't happen. I think Jamie Chadwell would make sense there. What do you make out of Ohio State? I mean, I, this offense is clearly clicking. They're, they're, they've put up massive numbers through, um, through this season. What are your thoughts on the Buckeyes in, in that game today against Michigan State? A complete team on both sides. Offense is great. Uh, so many new weapons. I mean, we, we've talked about certain guys all offseason. Jackson Smith and Jigba has been hurt. Demian Williams steps in at running back. He's been great. Cade uh, Stover at tight end. Emeka Buka at receiver. This is a fantastic, very good football team. The defense has improved with Jeb Knowles. I think they're going to flex against the Spartans today. And 
really the only two teams in the Big Ten that are even equipped to make it a four-quarter game in Penn State and Michigan, and we'll see how that goes. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Uh, he's with us here on College Football Radio. We take a, uh, a big-picture look at college football across the nation. Hey, Bill, tell me about the biggest game now this weekend probably in the SEC is uh, Tennessee traveling down to uh, LSU. Now, it's not a night game, which I'm surprised that it is, and it's a noon kickoff in a little while today. But what who would it be more of a signature win for? Would it be Tennessee going into LSU and winning the game or LSU beating uh, a hot, high-powered offense like Tennessee? That's a great they, – they pay you to ask the tough questions. That's a tough one. Um, LSU, I think. I, I don't know. I think if LSU won – it would make more waves. Um, they, they definitely, they're a block kick away from potential overtime win against Florida State. I think Brian Kelly's gone under the radar a little bit since. I think the pressure's on Tennessee for sure the next two weeks. Um, they haven't beat LSU since 2005. They obviously haven't beat Alabama with Nick Saban. I think Hendon Hooker has been tremendous. He doesn't turn the ball over. That's what stands out with him. He doesn't throw picks. And, you know, um, Andy, I'm going to go with the LSU winning the game would make him more of an impact. I don't know if you agree or not. No, I think you're on to something there, Bill, in that uh, I think most people expect Tennessee to go on the road today and, and win. The thing about what Tennessee does, and, and I don't know how good they are defensively, right? And I, I don't know that we will know. We're going to get an idea when they face Alabama. We'll get an idea when they face Georgia. Uh, I'm interested to see what a couple of high-powered offenses look like against this against this Tennessee defense but I know this uh Tennessee can get out of the bed and score 21 points so you gotta you're you're automatically going into this game knowing you're going to have to put you know four touchdowns or so four scores anyway on the board in order to have yourself a chance because I, I don't think anybody's going to be able to hold Tennessee under 21 this year I look at them and I see their floor and this might sound a little hot takey, I suppose. I think their floor is 10-2. and two. I think they're going to win today. I think they're going to go they have an excellent opportunity to go 10-2 and two, with the two obviously being Alabama and Georgia. And if they beat LSU in blowout fashion today I suppose I'm backtracking on my last answer. Um, if, they, if they beat LSU by like 30 points that'll get Alabama's attention and I'm sure it'll get you guys' attention down there because Georgia will have to contend with that offense like you said they can wake up, and I think you got to score at least 30 to beat them. Bill Bender, the Sporting News. You can find him online. Go to sportingnews.com. Bill, appreciate it as always, my friend. We will uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Appreciate it, Bill. Hey, thank you. Hey, you guys are the best. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care. Always, man. Always. Bill Bender, been, uh, been chopping it up with Bill for a long time. No so doubt about it's, it. It's always, uh, it's always good whenever we get a chance to, uh, to visit with him and Again, I want to touch on some of those things going on across the, the country. You know, Randy, when, when you and I uh, were growing up, you know, Texas, Oklahoma meant something in college yeah, football. The Red River Shootout. That's I mean, right. They, uh, they try to change it all that other mumbo jumbo mess. But I mean, it's a game where it's all the tradition, the pageantry, all those things. I still remember back when uh, when Roy jumped over the pile, uh, oh, he yeah. jumped over the line and hit Chris Sims and all those different things. And I think a lot of it is, you know, they're going to bring a lot of that name brand to the SEC whenever year they come in. But, I mean, this is one of those desperation games. And you look at it, I mean, 
who, 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 I mean, it's, it's big for both of them, but who is it much bigger for? Because, I mean, neither, neither one of them are going to the playoffs or anything like that. I mean, this is just one of those situations where the players are going to be ready for it. We know that. I still don't understand why this damn game is at noon. Never, You would never, ever make me understand why this game is at noon, no matter how, many, how much you try to explain this to me. But, I mean, Oklahoma, new coach, all those things, Venables, not a lot of not a lot of Oklahoma type athletes that we're used to seeing on that squad, and then Texas. I mean, what 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 what's gonna what's gonna happen with Sark? I mean, I know I think you know when you look at uh, Manning, he called he got him another year because if Sark's not there, the lobbying they're gonna have to do to get that kid to continue to be there. So uh, I honestly don't even know who to pick today, Chris. I, I'll, I'll be straight up honest with you. No, I'm with you, man. I, I have no clue how this game is uh, is going to go or or what it's going to look like between those two. Simply because I think with Texas, you don't really know which team is going to show up exactly. with them. I mean, they are the most Jekyll and Hyde team uh, to look as good as they have looked at times and then uh, as bland as they have looked at times. I mean, I don't know. You know, to Bill's point, talking about Ohio State, Randy, uh, and as much of an SEC homer as I am, it's hard for me to look at Ohio State right now and what they're doing and not feel like that's the best team in the country. Well, I ain't no homer. I, all I think I root for Georgia. I don't root for conferences, but I will agree with you. But we haven't seen them tested yet. We, yeah. I mean, they're going they're going on the road to Michigan State today. Michigan State is awful, you know. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was a forty point win for them. So I mean, they're going to cruise through. That offense is what it is. Defensively, you don't know what they are, but offensively, you don't know what they are until they play somebody with the same type caliber athletes as they do because they struggle with Notre Dame and then they were the better team. Just like when you look at Georgia with Missouri last week, they struggled with Missouri, but they're a better team, so they weren't going to lose to that squad. Yeah, a couple of games of of importance today. You've got Michigan-Indiana. That's the noon kick today on Fox as we take a look at what's going on. Uh, noon on ABC, you've got Texas and uh, Oklahoma today. Uh, Auburn-Georgia, 3.30. We'll go around the SEC. As a matter of fact, we're going to do that next. We'll talk about some of these SEC games coming up. You do have Virginia Tech and Pitt today. Today at three thirty on the uh, on the ACC network, uh, Ole Miss and Vandy. That's on the uh, the SEC network today at four. That's the same time Ohio State and Michigan State kick off during that uh, during that four o'clock window. North Carolina and Miami today at four on ESPN two. That's a uh, that's a little bit of an interesting one. And then later on tonight in, in prime time. Uh, of course, that's when you get the uh, the Texas A and M and Alabama showdown. I think that's clearly going to be the uh, the better game uh, out of uh, out of those primetime games uh, tonight. Everything else kind of now Florida State, NC State on the ACC network that can be pretty good, but uh, clearly Alabama Texas A and M is the uh, will be the one to watch late tonight. Randy and I will talk about that one and some of the others as we take a look around the SEC. We will do that next as we come back to wrap it up here. It's College Football Radio presented by Medicare Misty. Hang on. Coming right back. College Football Radio. SEC at its best. Coming back next on Rock 105. Presented by Medicare Misty. 
At Texas Roadhouse, they're famous for their hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs, made-from-scratch sides, ice-cold beer, and their irresistible fresh-baked bread. They take great care in everything they prepare, served with big smiles at a great value. Texas Roadhouse is always focused on providing legendary food and legendary service. Download their mobile app, place an order, and pick up curbside. Texas Roadhouse, located at Shuttleford Road and I-75. I am stressed beyond belief. What's wrong, honey? Just life, bills, gas prices, everything. Looks like we aren't going to get that vacation again this year. Why not? We can just take your gold and sell it to Rick Davis. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. Yep, Rick Davis Gold and Diamonds pays top prices for gold. Yay, we can finally take that trip to Jamaica like we always wanted to. Rick Davis Gold and Diamonds, helping you get away for a little while. Rick Davis Gold and Diamonds, 5301 Brainerd Road. Love Southeastern college football? If so, we've got the show for you. It's College Football Radio on Rock 105. Presented by Medicare Misty. Join Chris Goforth and legendary Georgia Bulldog tight end Randy McMichael each Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on Rock 105. They'll get you ready for SEC football game day. That's College Football Radio. Presented by Medicare Misty. Check out our website at collegefootballradio.com. Built by Avalon Design Studio. A production from the Whitfield Media Group. Got Medicare questions? Call 423-777-5577. I know a girl with sparkling eyes, a superhero in disguise, and we call her Medicare Misty. Those things that keep you up at night, so many choices, which one's right? That's when you call Medicare Misty. That's 423-777-5577. Join Ed Jones Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. for Vital Health Radio, presented by CHI Memorial on 98.1 The Lake. It's a radio show that's all about healthy living. Check out our website, vitalhealthradio.com, a production of the Whitfield Media Group. It's how the SEC starts its Saturday mornings. College Football Radio is back with Chris Goforth and Randy McMichael on Rock 105. Presented by Medicare Misty. Back to wrap things up here on College Football Radio. Chris Goforth alongside Randy McMichael as we do every week. We'll take our little trip around the SEC. Tennessee LSU, that's the noon game on ESPN today. We've talked about that. Arkansas, Mississippi State on the sec network uh that's also a noon kick randy look i gotta say uh i know i said it earlier i thought Ole miss may be the second best team in the west but there sits the the bulldogs of uh, mississippi state at, at four and one today they got the sec network in town uh doing yeah, their uh their pregame show from there this morning so uh this is a uh, look at the, the egg bowl uh, the the course both of these teams are on the egg bowl may be really important this year uh in another couple of weeks when we get there 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you look at, you know, Ole Miss and them running the football and everything, I mean, they're going to they're gonna come out and just straight up thrash, you know, thrash Vanderbilt. So I'm not worried about that. But the Egg Bowl was always a fun bowl watching back in the day and everything like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be – because it used to always be late in the season. That's what's surprising to me that it's so early. But I like the fact that Ole Miss is sticking with the runs. I thought Jackson Dart played better last week in that Kentucky game. Uh, he should put up big numbers a day uh, against Vanderbilt. But, I mean, I'll, 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 go, I'll go Ole Miss the second best team. It, it, it's going to – I think my, my opinion may be different after tonight's game – After I'm sorry, after today's game between LSU and Tennessee as far as LSU. But, uh, yeah, I'll give it Ole Miss. Uh, Missouri, Tennessee, that's a noon kick on ESPNU. Auburn, Georgia, 3.30 CBS. What version of Georgia shows up today, Randy? I don't know. I don't know. I anticipate that because last week when we talked about how they played against Kent State, all oh, Kirby's on them and the dogs are going to come out and thrash Missouri, and they did not. Um, I don't know, Chris. I will learn a lot about them because I'm, I'm, I'm realistic when it comes to them. I never thought they were better than last year's team. I don't know – you know, what's going to happen as long as we get some guys back. If we get our guys back as long as the receiver's position, um, I can see the, us, score, us, us covering that 30 because Georgia needs to go out and send a message because I'll look – if we get back together next week, Chris, I will know kind of who Georgia is if they are – because my question for Georgia about Georgia is this. Are they an elite program or are they an elite team? Or are they an elite team or are they an elite program? They're an elite program. Like, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. They're always going to attend. But is this team an elite team that's going to win the championship? Brian Harson get fired today if Georgia wins by 30? Yep. All right. There you go. Yep. Yep. Uh, Ole Miss, Vandy, that's 4 o'clock on the SEC Network. 7.30 SEC Network, South Carolina and Kentucky. And then in primetime tonight, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, uh, eight o'clock on CBS. This has been the game, Randy. You go back to what was it, end of May, when Nick Saban made his comments and accused Jimbo Fisher of of paying. Remember, you remember that? Oh, the yeah. bulletin board. The bulletin oh, board. Yeah. yeah, the bulletin board. And uh, <laughs> you know, I guess it was uh, Jimbo Fisher had some not so nice things to say about Nick Saban after that. Jimbo know where the body's at. Well, Jimbo claims <laughs> Jimbo claims they have patched everything up. Now, I find it interesting that basically Nick Saban hadn't had a whole lot to say about any of this. Exactly. Oh, yeah, mm. I know what the body is. You better not say nothing about me. <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> I mean, whatever. This game was so big. I mean, they, game day is in damn Lawrence, uh, Kansas right now, okay? It was supposed to be. And it's supposed to be at this game right here. I, I just true. Don't, it was supposed to be at this game right here. But uh, Alabama's 24-point uh, favorite of the game. I, they'll cover that. That's it for us. We're out of here. College football radio is done for this Saturday. We'll see you again back here next week. Make plans to be with us. We do it uh, We do it every Saturday afternoon. We spend an hour. We talk a little every Saturday morning, I should say. We spend an hour and we talk some college football. Back with you next week talking more SEC. For uh, Randy McMichael, I'm Chris Goforth. Go enjoy some football today. We'll see you next week. This has been another edition of College Football Radio. Presented by Medicare Misty. SEC at its best. With your hosts, Chris Goforth and Randy McMichael. For more or to listen to a replay of today's broadcast, go to collegefootballradio.com. Built by Avalon Design Studio. College Football Radio. Presented by Medicare Misty. Is a production of Whitfield Media Group. Join us again next Saturday to start your SEC football college game day. And Thank you for listening.